And so I'm excited we're going to be talking about fathers today and diving into God's word as we celebrate our fathers. Do you guys know that Jesus Christ is always our standard, right? He's our measuring stick. He's the standard bearer. And so the scripture, our foundational scripture that I got for you today is going to come out of Revelations. And some of y'all may be thinking, Revelations, what are we going to be talking about today? And so before we, we get into that, I just, wanted, I just wanted to reaffirm and remind us that Jesus is the standard bearer for all things. He's, he shows us how we're to live as children of God, as we're called to live as Christians, and especially called to live as fathers and as men, right? We're not saying, guys, that we're, we're Jesus or we're the Messiah because we're not, okay? We need Jesus. The best thing for your family, guys, is that you're following Jesus every single day, right? But we're going to see in, in Revelations that Jesus, John, the apostle that, that Jesus loved, who wrote Revelations, was revealed to him that Jesus was a lion and a lamb before he opened the scrolls. And so today, prophetically, we're going to see in Scripture that I really feel in my spirit, God calls every man. We have to simultaneously be like Jesus. We have to simultaneously be a lion for our families, and we simultaneously have to be a lamb for our families. Amen. So I'm really excited. I feel like it's a prophetic message today for us as we, as we celebrate our fathers and what God wants to, to say and do in and through us today. So let's look at that foundational scripture for today. It comes out of Revelation 5. I want to read it together. We're going to give you six verses. As I said, the title of our message today is just Father's Day. So look at verse 1 there. We're going to read this. It says, Then I saw a scroll in the right hand of the one who was sitting on the throne. There was writing on the inside, and on the outside of the scroll, it was sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel who shouted with a loud voice, Who is worthy to break the seals on this scroll and open it? But no one in heaven or earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll and read it. Then I began to weep bitterly because no one was found worthy to open the scroll and read it. But one of the 24 elders said to me, Stop weeping. Look. The lion. Somebody say the lion. And the tribe of Judah to their heir of David's throne has won the victory and he is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb. Somebody say lamb. That looked as if it had been slaughtered, but it was now standing between the throne of the four living beings and among the 24 elders. What an amazing picture. What an amazing vision that John had. It just confirms that Jesus is the one, right? Can we get an applause? He's worthy to be praised. He's the Lord. He's the King of Kings. He's the Messiah. And guys, today, fathers, men, women also, he's the standard. And I want us to see today that God, he's the lion, he's the lamb. We cannot replace Jesus. But I really feel in these last days, God wants lion and lambs to rise up. And fathers, just as Jesus, he's the only one. He was the only one who could open those scrolls, right? He was the only anointed one. No one in, in heaven or earth or above heaven or above earth could open it. Just as Jesus was the only one, fathers, you are the only one that can be the father to your family. You're anointed just as Jesus. You're the only one that can do the supernatural things that your family needs you to do. You're the only one that can do that supernatural work that God calls you to do. You get to do that. 
right? You get to do that. Look at that first point for today. So I want you to see this. Fatherhood is a high and holy calling. Like Jesus, we need to step forward and take hold of what God has called us to do. Being a father is a high and holy calling. It's a gift. God entrusts us. He entrusts you with that gift he has given you. It's It's a holy high calling. Did you know, guys, that you're called to be the king of your home? But just because you're called to be the king of your home, it doesn't mean that your family serves you, right? Jesus said the Son of Man has come not to be served, but to serve. serve. A real father, a real king doesn't demand that he be worshipped. He goes out of his way to worship his family and serve his family. And when we do it God's way, the praise and the adoration and the celebration that, that every person and every, every woman, every man and every father desire to be celebrated, right? When we do it God's way, that celebration will come. And we don't do it so that we can get praise. We do it because we love God. There's no greater calling than being a father. Guys, think about how valuable you are to your family. There is no coach There is no teacher, there is no friend, there is no uncle that can replace the work God has called you. Somebody say you. Put that in the chat today. You to do. High and holy calling that only you can do. You're irreplaceable. I feel like many of The issues that we culturally face, the family's been under attack for years, y'all. But there's so many abandoned families, so many abandoned, orphaned kids that grew up without a father. Maybe that's you today. And you say, Pastor Ian, I I was robbed of that. I never had a father that, that picked me up and encouraged me and helped me in the tough days. I want you to know you have a heavenly father. But let me digress. I say that because, guys, if, if, if you have a family and, and you are that father, you need to see how valuable you are. And if you feel like giving up, you, you can't give up. you got to keep on running, keep on charging the gates of hell because your family needs you, your kids need you. When you see that you have value, it requires us to act. And not just act. I believe time's running out. Anybody else agree? The time of Jesus, I don't know when it is, but I know it's closer today than it was yesterday, and it'll be closer tomorrow if it comes than it is today. And so if there's value within my life and with what God wants to do in and through me, then I I have to act, and I have to be readily and and speedily ready to to act on God's behalf. If he he spoke, I I have to quit arguing about what he said. I have to quit wrestling. If I really heard God say, I got to quit wrestling. Stop saying no. Stop saying not now. I have to say, okay, God, and I got to begin to move, right? Guys, we can't can't stay in in comfort, uh, in laziness, and in good intentions, We can all have good intentions, 
but those, that doesn't excuse your, your inaction, right? Oh, well, I, I have these good intentions, but you're not doing anything, right? God wants us to move. Look at 1 Corinthians 4.15. It says, for even if you had 10,000 others to teach you about Christ, you only have one spiritual father. For I became your father in Christ Jesus when I preached the good news to you. Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. They were a mess at first. God really sent Paul to speak truth and the message of who Jesus was and what Jesus did. So he's saying, I became your spiritual father when I preached the good news to you. And so... Earthly fathers, you are, you're an earthly father, praise God. But do you know, any boy can become a dad. It doesn't take a whole lot of maturity to become a dad. But it takes a real man to be a father. Father goes beyond bloodline. Being a father means training them in truth, being their spiritual father. The most important thing that you can do for your kids is spiritual things. The spiritual work that you are doing or not doing is going to determine at the end of the day whether they stand or whether they fall. Who wants to see their kids succeed in life? Amen? That's our job. It, de- it falls on us, guys. I feel like so many fathers, we're great at training our child up in sports, right? In cars, in turning wrenches, in earthly wisdom and we we teach them about girls and we teach our our girls about boys and I hope you're teaching them about God I hope you talk about God every day on a regular basis while you're doing dinner while you're doing lunch while you're at the breakfast table while you're doing life while you're driving through the car if we can talk about all that other stuff that really at the end of the day has no eternal significance I hope you're training them and telling them, teaching them about God's word, about Jesus, about who God says that they are. Just as Paul said, you only get one spiritual father. We we all only get one physical father, and we all get one spiritual father, and God calls us guys prophetically to be both of those. Do a spiritual work in and through your family. Look at that next point. So as we read in Revelations 5, we see that Jesus was the lion and the lamb, right? Fatherhood requires both sides of the equation. So we simultaneously, based on the challenges that are currently facing us, maybe the actual season that I may be in or the season that our family is in, or you know what, straight up the day of the week, (laughs) the hour of that day in that week requires me to to lead in a certain posture. Based on the the, the certain issue or the the certain season, God may call me to be a lion. I have to fiercely fight and pray and believe for me and my family. Ain't nobody going to get, nobody's coming through what God's trying to do, right? I'm going to fiercely stand and fight to be a protector. You know a lion's a protector. Fiercely protect the thing that you love the most. Then there's other seasons, there's other moments where we have to be a little more meek. We have to be more gentle. There ain't nothing more meek or gentle than a, than a lamb. 
And Jesus was simultaneously both. We even see that played out in Scripture, right? In the New Testament. And so in our families, in our day-to-day lives, God may call us to be a, a fierce warrior. He may call us to be, we have to be more meek in our, our messaging, more meek in our, the way we're parenting, the way we are. If we're married, if we're in a certain season, I may have to dial it down a little bit to, to, to listen to my wife and what she's really saying. Guys, you know your wife hears truth too, right? You can't replace mom either. You know that, right? It takes two to raise a family, a godly family. So look at that next point. So that's what we're going to do for the rest of the day. We're going to kind of, I did that just a little bit just now, talking about the difference between being a lion and being a lamb and this dynamic of us having to do both simultaneously. So as a lion, we fight for our families and we position them into a place of victory. Somebody say victory. victory. Y'all sound victorious today. Your personal victories become generational victories, empowering your family. Guys, your family needs to see you fighting for them. They need to see that modeled for them. When they see you fighting for them, doing the sacrifice day in, day out, doing the thankless things over and over and over again. They may not tell you thank you now, but when they're grown up, they're going to look back and see, I am so thankful. When you fight for your family, you become their hero. I I think every dad, every father, they want to be their kid's hero. I I know that's true because that's, I want to be my son's hero when they grow up one day. But if I just, if I just chase that, that's not God. I, I, I can't just chase wanting to be their hero. I, I become their hero by loving them the way God calls me to love them. Amen. And when I love them the way God calls me to love them, you become their hero. And they see you fighting for them and praying for them and warring for them and doing all the, the thankless things like I'm talking about over and over and over again. Before you know it, the thing you were, you were looking for, God has manifested. The victories, you need to fight for them and you need to be fighting for yourself. Because the victories that you personally get, they're generational. Did you know that? The victories that you get today can be your great, great, great grandson or daughter's victory based on how you steward that victory today. If you have victory today, you better watch out because tomorrow wants to steal it. So every day I have to live in victory. And you got to see this. When you live in victory, your kids get to live in victory. Your victory is their victory. The victories we get ourselves and for our families, they go beyond us. I want to read you a couple of scriptures. Look at 1 John 5, 4. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the, this is the, who's paying attention? Victory. We're talking about victory, right? Underline that word today. Highlight that if you're following along in your Bible. 
And this is the victory that has overcome the world. What? Our faith. In what? Jesus. And what God has done through his perfect son on a cross for you and for me and every single person on the face of the earth. That victory of our faith and what we profess in and what we hopefully are training and teaching our family in, that victory is the most, that's victory number one, the most important victory that must be passed down, right? Your kids need to know that God has everything that they need to win in life. If you present Jesus as the only victory that they need to win in life, I bet they'll Maybe begin to be excited about your faith and about their faith. We have to present this to them. This is the most important decision that you will ever make, is making Jesus Christ your personal Lord and Savior. If you can do that, there's nothing that can stop you. The devil can't stop you. The, your neighbor can't stop you. If you can put your faith in Jesus, you can have victory. And everything you need in life to win, you can have it granted full access to heavenly things. We have to be excited about our faith so that they can be excited about their faith. If you're not excited about your faith, it's going to be hard to talk them into doing something that you say that you're doing. Staying excited is, is key for a lot of things, but I really feel like if, if I'm not excited about my faith, that means that there spiritually maybe be something wrong with my heart. Now, I get it. I wake up on Saturday mornings a whole lot more excited than I do when I wake up on Monday mornings, right? But does that change who Jesus is? Does that change the victory that he gave us? So if I'm not excited about my faith, there's something wrong with me. Stay encouraged and excited about who Jesus is and what he's doing in your life. And if you can do that for you, then you can do that for them. Amen? Look at Deuteronomy 7.9. I want to see you, show you how valuable your victory for today is because it goes beyond you. It goes beyond me. It goes beyond us. Look what it says there in verse 9. It says, therefore, know that the Lord your God, he is God. Can everybody agree? That faithful God who keeps covenant and mercy for a thousand generations with those who love him and keep his commandments. Fighting for your family and fighting for your victory and their victory goes beyond you and even your kids and even your grandkids. If you can have real victory in Jesus Christ, as we just read, God says that his mercy and his grace and his favor and his blessing can go beyond a thousand generations. Ooh, that's sobering. People that will come from the same bloodline as you, your sons, 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 son, your daughter's daughter, 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 you're never going to meet them but you can still equip them. Come on, somebody. Based on how you live today and every day, your victory can be their victory. Who is God that he should lie? No one believes that God lies. So if we just read that in Deuteronomy 7, 9, you can believe he is telling you the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life in John 14, 6. 
Your victory can be their victory. Amen. A thousand generations. Wrap your mind around that today. Look at that next point. So being a lion means we fight for our families. We position them for victory, right? The next point, we're going to look at being a lamb. As a lamb, we sacrifice for our families. Our sacrifice opens doors of opportunity, enabling our family to access things that they could never obtain on their own. Sacrifice is key. Jesus was shown as to John in a vision to be the lion and also the lamb. It said he appeared to be slaughtered. That represents the sacrifice on the altar, the sacrifice for the remission of sins. That's what a lamb represents, symbolizes the sacrifice. And so, fathers, I really feel like the most important thing that we can do for our families is demonstrate that day-in, day-out sacrifice. There will be many things that you tell your family that they're going to forget. You can talk to them till they're blue in the face. You can talk to your kids till they're blue in the face. You can tell them things, tell them things. And at the end of the day, they may forget it. But, but I feel like the things that are most important that they won't forget are going to be the things that they saw. Amen. You do every day. It's the sacrifice. Remember early on when Xander was just born, he maybe was seven or eight, nine months. And being part of a Raising a godly family and, and being a godly man means you got to go to work, right? That's part of our sacrifice. And I felt like Jessica, she's, she's a stay-at-home mom, and that doesn't mean she doesn't work either. <laughs> she works her butt off being a stay-at-home mom. We're blessed that I, we make enough to where she can do that and raise our kids so we're not paying some babysitter to raise our kids for us. But I just felt like the enemy was attacking me one day, and I was like, you know, I feel like I'm missing out on all the little things that she gets to experience every day, right? She gets to experience so much more time with him, and she experiences to be with him every day, all day. And I feel like the enemy was really just attacking me, right? Trying to attack my manhood. I was living the sacrifice of getting up and, and going to work every day on time and providing and paying the bills for my family. And it was tr he was almost trying to rob me of the thing that I was walking out, so if you're here today and, and, and you're, as I'm speaking, you're seeing all these sacrifices that you're doing, do not let the enemy tell you that what you're doing is not making a difference or that you're being robbed of this or being robbed of that. If you are sacrificing for your family, you are being a lamb for your family. Amen. You're showing the sacrificial love, the sacrificial needs. You're fighting for your family when you do that. And so don't let the enemy tell you that you're doing any less. If we don't sacrifice now or today, watch this. If you don't make any sacrifice, then there's no reaping for tomorrow. Amen. Bible says you reap what you sow. Sowing takes sacrifice. Just as you plant a garden, whatever you're planting, that takes work. It takes sacrifice. You're, you're preparing and sacrificing the now so that later, right, you can have a harvest a, a blessing. And so the Bible also says a man that doesn't, doesn't work shouldn't get to eat. 
to, to get energy, I got to expel energy. So spiritualize that for your families. If you're not performing any daily sacrifices for your family, then you're, you're robbing yourself of future harvest, future blessings. So we have to not just perform sacrifices, we have to be the sacrifice. We have to be the lion. We have to be the lamb based on the need and the season that we find ourselves, right? Look at Hebrews 10, 19 through 20. It says, and so dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Let me stop there for a second. What does the blood of Jesus represent for us? What does it represent? Sacrifice, right? The blood of Jesus represents the sacrificial love of God for us. Verse 20, look what it says. By his death, Jesus opened a new life, giving way through the curtain of the most holy place. Jesus' sacrifice forever opened the doors of opportunity, eternal doors of opportunity for you and for me. So when you sacrifice for your family, you are opening doors and opportunities for them that they themselves cannot open. We couldn't save ourselves. The cross had to happen. Jesus had to go to the cross. It was part of his purpose. It was part of the plan of God. He laid that life down. He, he laid that sacrifice that can never be taken back. You have the opportunity, fathers, to lay down such a sacrifice that it can live in legacy. Real legacy, Mark Batterson said, is not what you do that allows others. It's not, what, it's not what you do that others remember you for. It's what you do that others get to do because of what you've done. Amen. That's a legacy. The work that you've prepared, the tilling that you do today that allows others to go farther than you because you were faithful. You were a steward of the things God has given you. And when you do that, others can boldly go to high places that you and I may never get to go to. I hope you strive to go to high places. I hope you boldly live for Christ. But even if you don't get to the to the finish line. Moses didn't get to the promised land. Did you know that? His, his right-hand man did. But he prepared the way, didn't he? He prepared the way. So if you prepare the way and sacrifice today, you set up generations behind you to go boldly to high places that you and I maybe don't get to go. Look at that next point. If you noticed in Revelations 5, as we read, when John saw him as slaughtered on the altar as a, as a lamb, he said, then he also saw him standing. Did y'all notice that as we read that today? And so Jesus standing as the lamb at the altar of God represents intercessory, intercessory prayer, right? So as a lamb, we stand before God as intercessors also beyond sacrifices, an earthly intercession that releases the heavenly intercession. As a lamb, we stand in the gap establishing on earth what God has established in heaven. When you've done everything that you humanly possible, even through God's wisdom, have done what you know what to do and nothing seems to change, you need to pray. And you need to be praying even before you do all those things. 
Jesus, he's the lion and the lamb. Jesus fought for us all the way up until the cross. He's crucified. He, he, he's transcendent, goes to heaven. And guess what he's still doing right now? He's still fighting for us. How? Interceding, praying, it says, forever interceding, seated at the right hand of God, praying for you and for me. Guys, we fight by all means that we can for our kids and for our family. And that doesn't exclude being an intercessor, standing in the gap. If you're going through a real test or trial, maybe somebody in your family needs healing. If you need real breakthrough, maybe in your marriage. Or maybe, you know, you got one kid going through something, another kid's going through something else. You need, you're the best intercessor that your family has. As a man, you, you, you need to be interceding, standing in the gap for your family. Who believes God hears us? He does. He hears us and he sees us. So if we're not praying, shame on us. If nothing's changing, how's your prayer life? And if you've been praying boldly for a long time and nothing's changed, don't stop. The enemy attacks us on both sides, right? Well, if, if I pray and nothing changes, then what's even the point in praying? Or he attacks you that way, and I've been praying for six months, and there's nothing changing. He wants you to stop praying. Because God's called you to intercede. And, and even when, if you're in that place where you feel like you've been praying, and, and you're on the verge of breakthrough, and nothing's changed, keep believing, because as we're about to read, it says that Jesus is still praying. I can take comfort in that. Right? I'm praying, and I know Jesus is praying. Remind the devil that. I'm praying, and you know what, devil? Jesus is praying, right? Look at Hebrews 7.25. Let's read it. It says, therefore he is able, speaking to Jesus, once and forever, y'all say that word with me, forever to save those who come to God through him. He lives forever to intercede, to pray, to stand in the gap with God on their behalf. If you see that Jesus fought for you, fought to the cross, he's still fighting. You could agree that Jesus never gives up, right? Jesus never gives up. Fathers never give up. Because Jesus never gives up, fathers don't. Give up. It breaks my heart. There's fathers giving up on their families and their kids every day. This is too hard. Maybe they look at their spouse and they say, you know what, I'm not in love with you anymore. Sad. breaks my heart. Godly fathers do not give up because they understand that their Savior never gives up. No matter how hard, no matter how hopeless it may seem or feel, we have to be strong for our families. Be strong for your family. Look at that last point for today. 
Fatherhood is a high and holy calling, and Jesus has qualified you to be a lion and a lamb. So let's step forward and take hold of that high calling. Jesus calls fathers a high and holy calling. Jesus has equipped you with everything that you need. You may think or it may seem that you maybe have things missing, missing tools, missing pieces. Jesus has them all. He's called you to do the supernatural work that only you can do. And he's asking that you take a step. Take that step of faith. Take that step of trust because he has entrusted you. God wants earthly fathers to be forever fathers. I'm thankful that our God in heaven is a forever father. God wants you guys, you men, to be just as in covenant as you are with him, as you are with your family that says, I'm a forever father. I raised them when they were in diapers. I'm going to walk down the aisle with them. Hopefully they bury me, right? Until God calls me home, I'm going to be there with them, for them. And if you can be a forever father with them here, I believe you get to celebrate with them up there. Amen. Right? And that's what it all matters. That's what it's all about. So let's take care of up there while we're down here. Amen. Amen. Y'all pray with me. So Heavenly Father, I thank you for today. And I thank you that you are a Heavenly Father to us. And once again, we just lift up our fathers in the house today. We celebrate them and celebrate the work that you're doing in and through their lives. And Father, I pray that we would answer the call, that we would be the lion and the lamb based on wherever we're at, wherever you call us or need us to be for that moment. I pray that we would fiercely fight and protect our families, and I pray that we would sacrificially lay our lives down for our families continuously, day in and day out. I pray that we would see that the life that we live now is a reflection of the lives that will be lived in the future. Thousands of generations. I declare a thousand generational blessing for all those that were here in attendance today. That they heard truth. That something inspired them. Holy Spirit, rain word, gripped their heart today. So you know what? I'm not just living for me or my kids or my grandkids. I'm living for the thousandth grandkid. Because if I have victory, they can have victory. And it's a legacy that is passed on. Pray that in Jesus' name. As we preached and, and taught today, if you're here today and you're in relationship with God through His Son, you're, you're born again Christian, so to speak, I want you right now to pray for the lost, please. Pray for the lost world. Pray for somebody, maybe you know if they're, they're far from God. But if you're here in the sanctuary or if you're joining us online and you say, Pastor Ian, I'm, I'm that person. I'm that lost person. If you're sitting here today and you say, you know what? I don't know where I would go today if I died today. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. I don't know if I'm going to hell. I, now, I want to secure that for you. You can have a peace today, but it has to start with a prayer that says, you know what? I'm not God and I need your help. And forgive me for the way I've been living if I have sin. 
or hurts or a past that needs to be forgiven through the sacrifice of Jesus. So if you're here today and you want to change that, I want to help you. We're actually, no one's looking at you, I promise. We're actually praying for you right now. But if God's dealing with you hard, I want you to do something. I want you either just to lift your hand up real high and say, I want to pray to accept Jesus, or I want, to, I want you to stand up, one of the two. Lift your hand up real high or stand up in this place. Say, hey, I need help. I'm lost. I want to be found today. I mean, if you're watching us online, put something in the chat. Say, hey, I'm praying this prayer. I, need to, I, I want to make this decision. Let us know, please, so that we can facilitate and, and help you online. If you want to make that your decision and your prayer today. Give you a few seconds. Amen. And amen. I want to lead us all in a prayer. Today, let's, let's repeat it loud and proud today. It's going to go like this. Heavenly Father, God, we love you. We accept your son, Jesus. We believe that he is Lord of my life. I confess that he's Lord of my life. I ask that you forgive me of my past. Forgive me of my sins and send your Holy Spirit to redeem my future. Ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise God. So glad you guys came to church today. Anyone else glad you came?